0: On the show today, security researchers are warning about scams targeting the military. Four European companies express concern about the EU's plan for encryption. Security company ADT is in the spotlight following two recent data breaches. Our scam of the day warns that my antivirus is about to expire. And today's tip shows you how to keep your internet activity away from the prying eyes of your internet provider. All of that and more is coming up on the February 1st, 2021 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. The safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. The five stories in this week's Newsbeat will take us literally around the world. But we begin right here at home, with some news affecting the armed forces. Security researchers have warned that Facebook's advertising platform has been used to target members of the military with scams. As you're probably aware, Facebook's advertising platform permits targeting of advertisements based on specific characteristics, including those who say that they work for the military. The researchers say that malicious advertisements could be crafted by a foreign actor to target military members. Those serving in the armed forces are often targeted by scams, and Facebook's ad targeting just makes it easier to target them specifically. While the researchers specifically investigated targeting of the U.S. military, it's probable that those serving in other countries could also be targeted with similar scams. So if you're a member of the military or a family member of someone who serves, stay on guard. While I certainly appreciate your service, there are some out there who only want to exploit it. Moving across the pond, four privacy-focused European companies have issued a warning to EU lawmakers, claiming that recent moves are setting the continent on the road to requiring backdoors to encryption. All four of the services mentioned in the letter, ProtonMail, Threema, Tresorit and tutanote offer end-to-end encryption, in which the data is encrypted from the source to the destination without anyone else knowing the decryption keys, including the service itself. However, many law enforcement agencies dislike end-to-end encryption because it makes it harder and sometimes even impossible for them to access the contents of those conversations. The EU Council passed a resolution last month which these companies say is riddled with inconsistencies and which they claim is a veiled call for backdoors to encryption. Being forced to create a backdoor for EU law enforcement is something that could have a significant impact on security all around the world. Moving on to Asia, North Korean cyber adversaries have been busy targeting American cybersecurity researchers. On past episodes of the show, I've mentioned that there is something out there that will fool anyone, and that is true even for those who work in cybersecurity. In this case, the North Koreans reached out to the cyber experts, asking for assistance in completing exploits to present to companies. However, the exploits provided to the researchers also contained code that opened a backdoor into their systems. Google released information regarding what the North Koreans were doing last week. After the post, many researchers realized that they had been duped by the attackers and posted screenshots of their interactions on social media. At this point, it's unclear exactly how many security researchers fell for this type of attack. As you might expect, the reactions among researchers were mixed. Some expressed a level of embarrassment that they fell for this attack without detecting the malicious file. Some were proud that they detected the attack or had policies in place that prevented it from getting to them. Some were amazed at how well-executed the attack actually was. And finally, some were disappointed that they weren't considered worthy enough to be attacked by the North Koreans. And moving back to the United States, we conclude our trip around the world with coverage of two stories involving the security company ADT. Researchers revealed this past week The ADT patched several security flaws in its LifeShield security cameras that could have allowed others to listen to conversations or tap into a video feed. The LifeShield DIY HD video doorbell is the affected device. Attackers who had access to your network could obtain an identifier for the doorbell and then contact the ADT server to obtain your credentials without authorization. ADT has already released a fix for this issue, so if you have this particular doorbell, make sure that it's patched. However, ADT also faced another concerning issue, as a former employee located near Dallas, Texas, admitted to accessing the cameras of over 200 customers. The man worked as a home security specialist for the past five years, and he accessed the accounts by adding his personal email address to the other customers' accounts when he set them up, which then permitted him access to their live video feeds. Combined, these two stories on ADT should be a reminder for all of us. Make sure that you are keeping all of your devices, including these home security devices. Up to date, and keep an eye on your accounts for any extra email addresses added. These two steps could help keep you from becoming the next victim. And now we move on to our scam of the day. Today's scam made it past my spam filter and actually into my inbox last week. It came from the email address VFUGA213 at izx.com it reads this message was sent by a reliable sender your subscription expires in one day your norton 360 subscription xb january 09 2021 to extend your family's protection renew your subscription now norton 360. multiple layers of protection for devices and online privacy for the whole family. Get up to 80% off before your subscription ends. Renew today. Norton 360 has you covered 24-7. Learn more about Norton 360. Standard, Deluxe, Select, Advantage, Ultimate Plus. Besides the fact that the layout and the grammar and spelling looked entirely unprofessional in this email, there were a few things that stood out to me. First, it begins by saying that this message was sent by a reliable sender. I found this interesting because it intends to build trust with you. Obviously, your spam filter isn't going to be fooled by that kind of message, but your eyes just might read that and think it's a message from your email provider instead of something included in the email. Then, like all of these scam emails, It preys on your fears, making you think that your subscription expired and that you need to renew it right away. Obviously, when I clicked on the link, it did not take me to Norton's site. It took me somewhere totally different. If you encounter a scam that you think we'd like to talk about on the show, you can send it to us at scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now it's time for our cybersecurity pop quiz. Each episode, I'll ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. Today's question is even easier because it's true or false. The question is, if you turn off the GPS function on your phone, no one will be able to use your phone to track your location. True or false? The correct answer will be revealed in next week's episode. But if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com popquiz pop quiz to find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you can be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude season two later this month. But your guests to this question must be submitted before the next episode is released at 8 a.m. on Monday, February 8th. For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quizrules. Last week's question was, When you use a private or incognito mode, which of the following groups are able to monitor your internet traffic? A. Your internet provider. B. Your spouse or children. C. Your employer. Or D. Your pastor, priest, or other religious clergy. The correct answers are A, B, and C. And even D is a possibility, though it's highly unlikely. The private or incognito mode only keeps your browser from saving information about what you do online. So yes, your internet provider will still see everything you're sending out on the internet. We'll cover more about how to reduce what your internet provider sees in today's tip. The incognito mode will keep your spouse or children from seeing your browsing history or your cookies on the computer. But if your spouse or child decides to install a program that will monitor what you're doing, Incognito mode isn't going to help. Also, if you use a work device or your employer's network, your employer will be able to see whatever you're doing, even if you're in incognito mode. Finally, your pastor, priest, or other religious clergy is probably not going to be able to track your internet activity, regardless of whether you use incognito mode or not. Just like your spouse or other family members, it's hypothetically possible that your clergy could try to install some software on your computer to monitor what you're doing, but I sincerely doubt that most clergy will have the interest or ability to do that. Between your home and the internet stands your Internet Service Provider, or ISP. Your ISP is the critical link that gives your family access to the Internet, but it also gets to handle all of your Internet traffic. And unfortunately, your ISP is allowed to monitor your traffic, collect data about you, and then sell it to others. But you can control how much data is available for your ISP to collect. We'll have more on how to hide your online activity from your ISP when we come back from this short break. If you have a cybersecurity question you'd like to know the answer to, you don't have to wait for an episode about it. We want to hear from you whether it's a question you have or a comment you want to leave us about the show. You can reach us by email at info at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com or you can leave a voicemail at 859-968-9399, option 2. We'd love to hear your feedback or your questions, and we will definitely consider them when we discuss future topics or changes to the show. Plus, if we select a topic based on your message, we'll be sure to recognize you in that episode. Once again, that's info at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com or 859-968-9399, option 2. The first step to getting on the Internet is to find a company that can provide you with Internet service. These companies, called Internet Service Providers, or ISPs, are the ones who get you online. But that also means that they handle all of your Internet traffic once it leaves your home. Unfortunately, in 2017, Congress repealed FCC rules that blocked ISPs from profiting from selling information about you unless you specifically consented to it. Those who supported the legislation said it was about fairness. Since the big tech companies like Facebook and Google can profit from selling your data, the ISPs should be able to do it too. Unfortunately, fairness for the consumer seemed to have been forgotten in the discussion. It could have been just as fair but better for you if everyone was forced to obtain consent in order to sell your data. We talk a lot about privacy on this show. You can take steps to keep the big tech companies, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Apple, and more, from profiting off of your data, but that will do you no good if your ISP tracks all your activity and then sells it anyway. So what information can your ISP see about you? Your ISP handles everything that you send online. It can see all of the data that you send on the internet. Your ISP might be able to see what websites you're visiting, what you're doing on those sites, the time of day that you typically log in, and how much time you're spending on each site. Since ISPs can now sell your data to the highest bidder, it's as important as ever to keep your data private, even from your internet provider. Here are three strategies that you can use to limit the amount of data that your ISP collects about you. First, whenever possible, always connect to websites with a secure connection. This is good advice for many reasons, not just for privacy. Encryption scrambles your traffic so it can't be read while it's being sent. It's what's used to protect your personal information, like a credit card number, when you send it online. It's also what helps to keep your internet traffic away from prying eyes. By using a secure connection, your ISP will be unable to see all of the data coming to or from your computer. Your provider will still know where it's being sent, so for example, your ISP will know that you contacted Facebook servers, but they won't have any idea what you sent or received from Facebook. You can use a secure connection by making sure there's an HTTPS at the beginning of every web address. However, that requires that you remember to do it every time, and it doesn't help you when you want to follow a link. In my opinion, that's not a very good situation. But fortunately, there's an easier way to always connect securely. There are extensions you can install within your browser that will request an encrypted connection even when the link or what you type doesn't include a request for encryption. However, it's important to understand that not every site is set up to connect with encryption. Some sites, usually smaller ones, aren't configured to use encryption. Fortunately, work by many tech organizations has led to that number growing smaller over time. It's now cheaper than ever to set up encryption on a website. But if a site isn't configured to connect with encryption, there's not anything that can help you do that. If you want to do more to mask your internet activity from your ISP, you'll need to go further by using a VPN or the Tor network. A VPN encrypts all of your traffic as it travels from your computer to the VPN's network. It won't remain encrypted between the VPN and the final destination unless the website is using encryption, but your ISP won't be able to see your traffic as it will remain encrypted while they're handling it. However, one word of caution is important here. Make sure that you use a reputable VPN service. There are plenty of free VPNs available, but many of them only offer their service because they want your data instead. You might think you're keeping your data private when you're actually sending it to a company who's gathering it to sell. Also, make sure that your goals match what the VPN offers. Some VPNs place a priority on different features. Some sacrifice a bit of privacy in exchange for speed. Some concentrate on just making sure your traffic is routed through certain locations in order to bypass location blocking, and some place an emphasis on privacy. Since you're listening to this episode, I assume your goal is probably privacy, so you want to make sure to select a VPN that doesn't keep logs and has the strongest available encryption. The Tor network works in a similar manner to a VPN, except it routes your data through several different spots all around the world before it finally gets sent to the destination. Multiple layers of encryption are used to protect your information. Each stop along the path only knows what location the information came from and what location it needs to be sent to. Using a VPN or the Tor network, will keep all of your information encrypted while it traverses your ISP's network. That keeps your ISP from knowing anything about you, except for the fact that you sent all of the data from your home to one particular location. If you want additional security without needing to use a VPN or Tor, you can also change your DNS settings. DNS stands for Domain Name Service. To explain what it means at the most basic level, the DNS system is what makes the Internet usable for us. Without DNS, you would have to access a website by typing in a series of four numbers separated by periods. For example, you would access this podcast's website, cybersecuritymadepersonal.com, by typing in 185.181.30.163. Now that may not sound too difficult, but imagine trying to remember a sequence of numbers for each website that you visit regularly. You'd have to remember one for Facebook, one for Twitter, one for Google, and on and on. You'd be in need of a plumber, you'd hear an advertisement on the radio on the way home, but you'd end up thinking... Was that an 85 or 86 that the address started with? And was it a 172 in the middle? To make things easier, we don't have to use those numeric addresses. We can use addresses like facebook.com, google.com, and cybersecuritymadepersonal.com to make things easier for us. When you tell your computer to visit a particular site, the first thing that it does is visit a DNS server. That server responds with the numeric address, and then your computer goes about contacting that address to get the information you requested. Now, how does all of this relate to your ISP? In most cases, your ISP will have its own DNS server that's programmed to process all of your DNS requests. If that's the case, It doesn't matter how much encryption you're using, because in the end, the fact that you ask to visit a particular site will be logged by the DNS server. Obviously, some ISPs may not store that information, but if your ISP is already engaging in collecting and selling data, monitoring DNS queries is a good way to get as much as possible about you. But you're not forced to use your ISP's DNS. You can use the DNS servers of others by simply programming a different set of numbers into your web browser. Most of these companies use addresses that are very simple for you to remember. For example, Google's DNS is 8.8.8.8, and Cloudflare's DNS is 1.1.1.1. If you want to give your privacy a boost, Change your DNS server to one that promises to protect your privacy. So, what should you do next? My suggestion would be to download and install a reputable VPN. If you just do that, you're going to greatly reduce what your ISP can collect about you. However, you'll want to take the time to research the right VPN for you, and a quality VPN will likely cost you a few dollars per month. If you'd prefer to do something that's both quick and free, then you can download a browser extension that always requests secure connections and change your DNS settings away from your ISP. That will also help obscure most of what you do online from the prying eyes of your ISP. If you'd like to see my recommendations for all of these services, you can visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com recommendations. So that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and come back again next Monday, where our tip will discuss several ways that a USB flash drive can be a threat to your computer. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com welcome. There you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.